So here we are at the end of the DCEU. Yep, I've seen Aquaman and The Lost Kingdom today. And I can breathe a bit of a sigh of relief and say, you know what, at least I didn't hate it, you know. I mean, maybe that's damning with faint praise, but you know what, I actually enjoyed parts of this film. Don't get me wrong, it's definitely flawed. There's definitely It definitely has its problems. But at the end of the day, though, I had a decent enough time with it, and it was about as good best-case scenario as I could have with this film. So I'll go into a bit more. This will be non-spoiler, so if you haven't seen it, uh, just be aware. I won't, I'm not going into spoilers or anything like that with this film, so there we go. Just that. So, yeah, the, the, the film's actually fine. You know, I, I actually think the first half hour and the last half hour are the best parts of this film. In fact, the first half hour, I was actually quite in there and quite enjoying it and thinking, this is actually going to be a lot this could actually be a lot better than I thought it was going to be. So, you know, that actually got things off to a good start. About the middle, though, things do start to get a bit, you know, a bit congested. And it's a bit, some of the, it does sometimes resemble like a cartoon at times. It does feel like, a, a, and I've heard people say this as well, it is very cartoony. Um and again, there are some shots in this. Some of the CGI shots do honestly look like video game cutscenes at times. It, some of the stuff, especially when people are moving through the air, look terrible, like jumping. And sometimes when there's a scene with the, if Arthur and his brother like Orm are swimming and it looks awful. It really is a horrible shot. And you just think, you're spending $250 million or whatever the hell it is you're spending it and it looks like crap. A lot of the underwater stuff, again, looks great, but it's no, nowhere near as good as what happened like a few years ago. Like, like I say, even though I quite like the film, it's not a patch on the first film. And that was much better than I thought it was going to be. But uh, you know, like the underwater stuff looked amazing in the first film. This time, some of it still looks really good, but there's, it's so congested at the time. There's one little... This was around about the half hour point when I was this film was starting to kind of lose me a little bit with this big sort of underwater battle thing. And there was so much going on. There's so many moments when the camera's just jerking about at times. It is really difficult to see what's going on during some of the action scenes. And while, and while some of the action scenes do actually work quite well in here, uh, there's nothing like a patch on the first action scene like the, well, permission to come aboard. That was my shit impression of Jason Momoa there. Uh, nothing as good as that from the first film, you know. But... You know, there was nothing really to hate about this film. And I know some people are going to say, oh, Amber Heard And look, look, we've all made Amber Heard jokes. I mean, well, not all of us, but some of I've done it myself. You know, I did one the other day in my Rebel Moon review as well. <laughs> but, you know, I've got to say one thing. She's actually in this film a lot more than you would expect. Yeah, like, She's not in it right the way through, or probably not as much as she was in the first one. But, you know, she's not hardly in it she's in it a decent amount actually right from the start as well and you know for all of this i know it's, it's all it's a shitty situation i didn't, didn't actually mean that as a pun <laughs> but uh, you know with the whole her and johnny depp and like you know what i will say this the pair of them are fucking weirdos they're both as bad as each other i mean a lot of people forget that also johnny depp lost the first case as well i'm saying this as a johnny depp fan as in separate the art from the artist as in, like I mentioned that yesterday, separate the art from the artist. I gave Hugh Grant credit, even though he does my tits in in real life, but um, for his uh, Oompa Loompa performance. But uh, this is kind of right. Like, I'm a fan of Johnny Depp, the performer, but in real life, let's be honest, he's a fucking weirdo. Let's be honest as well. So the pair of them are pretty, almost as bad as each other. 
if we're being honest. A lot of people will forget that as well and just say, oh, Amber heard this and Amber heard that. And look, I'm not becoming an Amber Heard fan or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. But I've got to say, she actually isn't bad in this film. I'd heard people saying she was absolutely terrible in this. She's fine. She's serviceable. She's about as good as you can be with a character that's as badly written as Mera, or barely written, I would say, as Mera. So she's actually not terrible in the film. And I will say this. got to say, as Mera with the red hair and everything in the outfit, she looks hot as fuck. <laughs> I will say that. I mean, I'm not being funny or anything, but, you know, I would, like. I definitely would. I mean... Not in a bed or anything like that. We have to do it like in a barnyard or anything or something like that just so we don't have to dry clean the sheets or anything. But, oh, come on. As if she would shag me anyway. Come on, right. Off course. We've gone off course there. But, um, no, I thought I'd address that there. Um, yeah, there, there's some fun stuff in the film. There's actually a little fun element on one island which actually would have looked better if the CGI was better. The idea is really good, actually, but some of the CG, some of the creatures do suffer from CGI-itis and it does, it's really noticeable and it doesn't always blend in with the environment, which is distracting. You can tell there's been a lot of reshoots with this and a lot of green screen moments here. But what I will say is, uh, you know, Jason Moore is really good as Arthur Curry. He's, he's excellent, you know. He, and some, it's, it's not everyone's cup of tea. I get it. He doesn't take it mega seriously or anything. And some people were complaining, like, oh, he doesn't. He's, he's the king, but he's not developed anymore. But I do think they actually do explain that. Because it's like he doesn't really want to be the king. He thinks it's shite and boring and he never gets anything done. He'd rather go out and do his own thing. So it's understandable why he hasn't developed in that sense. So I get that. I don't level that as a main bad criticism at the film to be honest um, his chemistry with Patrick Wilson works quite well they have some amusing moments nothing particularly laugh out loud funny but there's some amusing moments I said I do like the last half hour this is when the film was kind of on the borderline for me because I enjoyed the first part middle I was a bit eh, starting to lose me so if the final third was more like the middle then I think I might have, I would have maybe went down on the negative on this film but all in all, I actually think the final third was quite decent, actually. And it pushes me more into the positive. You know, I do have my issues with this film, but if, if anything, look, this was best-case scenario, like I said. I wasn't expecting anything great, but I did think we might get a dumpster fire here. But I don't think we did, to be honest with you. I think, I've like, I hated The Flash. I've, obviously, I've said that millions of times. I hated Blue Beetle as well. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but, you know, I just thought it was shite. But this was actually a bit of fun, you know. I do stick by, this is actually another example of comic book movies really regressing to pre-first uh, X-Men film. Because... Again, this would not have a film with this type of plot, this cartoony nature, would not have looked out of place in the late nineties, like in the Batman and Robin time period. And I'll tell you this: even though I say I quite like this film, I actually like Batman and Robin better than this because I think I think mean, that's so bad it's good. I, I generally find that film enjoyable. This, whatever, <laughs> it's, it's it's whatever, and you know it's been a complete dumpster fire what they've done with DC. I, you know, I mentioned this on uh, Twitter the other day. When you now look at Black Adam, Black Adam's box office suddenly does not look so bad now, does it? Because the problem with Black Adam was it had a $200 million budget and most of the general public had no fucking clue who Black Adam is. Let's be real. And people were sitting saying, oh, the rock flop, do oh, the rock. Let's be real. If you put somebody else in there, a Black Adam, that Black Adam film made about, what, $370 million, which actually would have been okay if the film had like a $100 million budget or something like that. That actually would have made the film a solid hit. Problem was, the budget ballooned with reshoots and probably because of COVID and things like that. That's why that film kind of flopped. It's not that nobody went to see it. Quite a decent number of people did actually go and see it. 
problem was you needed a lot more to go for it to go into profit. And now you're looking at what's happened. They just made a knee-jerk reaction because bit of Warner's DC and everything like that because the actual the post-credit scene, The Rock actually listened to the fans, got Henry bent over backwards to get Henry Cavill back. There you go. You have this post-credit scene, which now means abs, which was cool at the time. Now it means absolutely fucking nothing because a couple of months later they decided to just scrap everything. And here's the problem. If you'd have done a Black Adam versus Superman film, I'm not saying it would have made a billion dollars or anything like that, but, you know, it would have been a hit. I honestly think it would have been a hit because if you look at it, you would have, now the general public knows Black Adam a bit more because they'll have seen his original film. Henry Cavill's back, which would would have been back, which would have generated a lot of fan buzz, a lot of positivity. Look, that film could have made, what, $600, 700000000 million worldwide. I, I genuinely think so. About on par with what Man of Steel, funnily enough, made in 2013. So, you know, I think that could have done well. And you could actually have, have had a solid hit here. But what they've now gone and done was they went and they flung every single other film in this slate under the bus right after that with a knee-jerk reaction. Unfortunately, Shazam 2 was the first victim of this. But for me, A Country Mile, the best of the recent DC films that have came out, yes, I know I'm biased, I think we all know why with this one, but I did genuinely enjoy that film quite a lot. So, and I think that film deserved better and it was the first one flung under the bus. But, and yeah, even though I didn't like the other ones, you know, you kind of, you've, you've took all these multi-million dollar films and flushed them down the toilet. You could have took a chance on like a Black Adam versus Superman and actually done well. And you know, these films probably would have done better if you didn't just turn around and say, ah, look, everyone's been rebooted and everything like that, you've kind of made, a, a lot of people are conditioned to think, well, if it doesn't continue, why should I care? Everyone has to connect to everything. Like, which, to me, I've always said, if, if it's a fun two hours, it's a fun two hours, which Shazam 2 was, so it doesn't really matter if it's continuing or not. And that's why I liked it. So the other ones, are ah, not so much. And, and this one was, yeah, whatever, it was fine. But... So many stupid decisions. I feel so bad for the people who made Batgirl as well because they're that apparently the excuse being was, well, would they have made sense with our continuity? And it's like, and then you've went and done that anyway. So it's like, well, what the fuck sense does this film make with continuity? Because there's a a lot of mess with it, even though I enjoyed it for the most part. There's a lot of mess with it. And I mean, you can see there's a lot of reshoots and things. Like apparently at one stage, Ben Affleck's Batman was meant to be in it. Then Michael Keaton's Batman was meant to be in it. But then neither of them are in it. And I'm looking at this film and I'm thinking to myself, where the fuck would any Batman have fitted in with this story? It's like, <laughs> nowhere, let's be honest. So you see, you can see where the problems are. And James Wan, there's one really, the best part of the film happens about half an hour from the end. I'm not going into it. But you can sort of see James Wan's horror roots there and you sort of think, he is a good director. And I think he's actually made something vaguely and fairly entertaining. He's actually took a shit situation and actually made the best that he possibly could of it. And that's credit to him as a director. There's probably a, a one cut out there somewhere which is a lot better than this. Probably, I'm sure there is. Or, but, you know, I think he's kind of blameless in this whole situation. You know, um, yeah. What can you say? <laughs> what can you do? Oh, another thing is you've got Nicole Kidman here and uh, they completely waste her. So, you know, you've got a somebody of her stature, of her legacy, of her talent, and you do nothing with her. And <laughs> it's just like, okay, whatever. Still looks hot, though. She, she has uh, like, she, yeah, there's another one who I'd, I'd definitely do who wouldn't do me, let's be honest. <laughs> let's call a spade a spade, motherfucks. So, anyway, that's enough about that. Uh, but lowering the tone again. But, um, 
yeah, you know, Aquaman 2 was a heck, it was fine. I, I genuinely didn't hate it. And I thought I was there was just about enough to make it worth a watch. So, you know, bit noisy, bit messy, but some fun moments too. So I'm you know, and maybe benefit of lowered expectations. You know, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> That's what we are. Well, Randall Park's in this as well, which is nice as well. Apparently, it's been a while since I watched the first one. Apparently, he was in the first one as well, and I just didn't remember that. But um, yeah, he's in this, and he's decent. He's he has a few little moments which are nice. He's he's wasted a little bit as well in this film, but you know, it's nice seeing him. You know, he joins the club of being in the MCU and the DCU, which uh, which means well, Catherine Newton for Supergirl. That's what I said at the start of the year. I'm I'm still going with that one. So um, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying it can be done. Uh, I don't think it will be, but, you know, can be. So there you go. And oh, speaking of MCU, there's like some really lame Marvel jokes in this, including like, I'm not even kidding, the last line of dialogue in the film is basically a Marvel joke. And you're just like, okay, was, was that really necessary? I mean, I mean there's, they're not even witty or clever. They're just like, uh, okay. But there you go. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Just my thoughts on that there. So... Anyway, last few days of the year, so we'll be coming up to the end of the year list. Uh, probably tomorrow I'll probably do my favourite streaming shows and specials of the year, so that'll be tomorrow's recording. Thanks ever so much for taking the time to listen, and goodbye.